He's Greg. I'm Nick. What's happening this week? Hopefully all of you are doing well. This episode, of course, brought to you by FanDuel, exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Let's start with the headlines, Greg, and let's start with all of these interviews happening at Gillette with Gerard Mayo and others, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Let's run through the offensive coordinator position first. We've got Nick Cayley, Rams tight ends coach, history with the Patriots. Zach Robinson, Rams passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach, uh, was drafted by the Patriots back in 2010. And Dan Pitcher, who is the Cincinnati Bengals quarterbacks coach, of course, we know that uh, it sounds like Pitcher could be easily promoted to OC in Cincinnati with uh, Brian Callahan moving on to Tennessee. But just your your overall thoughts and biggest points to make here, Greg, with these three names. Uh, I'm encouraged by all of them. I mean, I, I'm encouraged that they're moving towards the Shanahan-McVay offense. Um, I think when we've talked about this before, um, I think both of our plea was sort of to you know, the whole process, whether it was head coach, general manager, coordinators, like just open it up and talk to the best and the brightest and then see what happens. I mean, it it, it didn't happen with the head coach position. doesn't look like it's going to happen with general manager since they haven't scheduled any of those interviews and those guys are starting to be placed around the league. Um, but it looks like they're doing that with offensive coordinator. Now, Nick Cayley is a guy who, uh, that we talked about when uh, Patricia got the job, that we wanted right. Nick Cayley, the internal guy, to get more of a look. Um, I think the sense at the time was that he wasn't quite ready for that role. Um, he hadn't had enough experience with the quarterback. Now, you know, one year with Sean McVay, does that make him all of a sudden some sort of McVay guru? No, I don't think so. But look, it doesn't it doesn't hurt to to talk and see how he's grown and things like that. I think Zach Robinson is probably the best prospect of the bunch. Like you said, with pitcher, yeah. he's Brian Callahan got the job with the Titans pitchers. Next man up has a relationship with Joe Burrow. Now the problem is, and, and this is where the slowdown is going to happen. And I can understand people are going to get very frustrated is that, you know, now now that the Bengals have a coordinator position open, now they have to interview two minority candidates. They just can't promote. And uh, I, maybe the next sort of thing is that we see successing, uh, successor contract <laughs> language for offensive and defensive coordinators now. Um, you know, because you could look, if Brian Callahan moves on, you'd want the quarterback's coach to be the next guy. So um this is going to take a while. At least that that opens it up to where the the Patriots, if they really like them, they could try to outbid the Bengals, who are notoriously cheap. But it looks like, from appearances, that everything that they've done for Joe Burrow in terms of spending on receivers, revamping the offensive line, it looks like Mike Brown's not quite the idiot some of us make him out to be, that he's trying to do everything he can for Joe Burrow. So I don't think they're going to – I don't think they're going to cheap out on who, who could be calling plays for Joe Burrow um, for the foreseeable future. So, um, but in general, uh, I like the direction. Um, it's not just retreads quite from the Patriots tree. We're looking at a different offense. It looks like, so that's encouraging. 
Yeah, get away from that, you know, Earhart Perkins offensive scheme. It's too precise, too much on the quarterback. Simplify things, evolutionize this offense, make it easier. You're going to have a lot of turnover this offseason, I think, on offense. So to throw a difficult system at a new quarterback and all these new pieces could be a disaster. I, I do wonder about pitcher, you know, the play calling aspect. Obviously, Taylor has a lot as far as on his plate play calling for the Bengals. And, you know, would pitcher be more interested in, in going somewhere where he would have 100% say on the play calling? That would be interesting. Zach Robinson, I'm with you. I think he makes the most sense. His quarterback history, the fact that he was a quarterback, was drafted as a quarterback after he left the NFL, worked with quarterbacks and developed them. Makes a lot of sense if you bring a young quarterback in with that third pick in the draft. I wanted to ask you, what are the chances, Greg, that Robinson and Kaylee could actually end up here if Mayo kind of messes around with those titles? Oh, I mean, um, yeah, that's certainly interesting. Now, it it depends on how much time Nick Kaylee has left on his contract. He can interview and leave for a coordinator job. He can't leave for a positional job, even if it's I don't even think quarterbacks like say he was named quarterbacks coach. Like, I don't think that's possible, but maybe he's at the end of his contract. I don't know. Um, but that's certainly interesting. And those guys have now worked together at least for a year. Um, but like we talked about, I think not only is the offensive coordinator hire important for Gerard Mayo, but a plan for sustainability for the quarterback is also important because let's say you get Zach Robinson, a guy who's been, groomed forever as sort of the pass game coordinator for McVay quarterbacks, former NFL quarterback himself. You know, he's one of these prototypical guys like say Bobby Slowick, who keeps getting all these interviews that as soon as he has success, if he comes in year one has success with the young quarterback with the Patriots, he's gone. He's going to get a yep. head coaching job somewhere. So not only do you need to plan for today, but if you're Gerard Mayo, a defensive head coach, you need to plan for tomorrow and, and have a succession plan or else you end up flat on your face just like Bill Belichick did. Yeah, build depth within that mm -hmm. staff. It's going to be crucial. One quick question before we move on to the defense. I don't know this. I don't know if you know this. If they wanted both Kaylee and Robinson, if they named Kaylee passing game coordinator, is that seen as a lateral move from tight ends coach or would that see, be seen as a promotion and a step up? I would have to change the language on that, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's, it has to be a, the, it has to be a coordinator position. That's the, I think my, my interpretation of the rule is that it has to be a, one of the three coordinator positions, offense, defense, or special teams. Those are the only ones that have special designation. So the only way you could do that with Robinson and Kaylee is if you made Robinson assistant head coach or something like that. Would that be the way they would work it? No. Like it's either there's no assistant head coach doesn't matter. It's it's head coach, the three coordinators, that's it. Now, if you wanted to land Robinson you and Kaylee, you uh, you name Robinson offensive coordinator and either Nick Kaylee's contract is up or the Rams – who, you know, look, they, they sort of found a spot for him. Um, didn't really come up with McVay. Maybe McVay's just like, yeah, go ahead. That's a, that's a better opportunity for you over there. So, you know, you're free to go. Gotcha. Defensive side, DeMarcus Covington, very familiar name. 
Christian Parker, who is the uh, D- Denver Broncos defensive backs coach, Michael Hodges, Saints linebackers coach, Tim Lukabu, who was the uh, Panthers outside linebackers coach. Same question, but on the defensive side, Greg, for you, what stands out the most and some of the points you see when you look at these names? Well, again, um, you know, and, and one one uh, one thing on the offensive coordinator that we didn't touch on that that is not here because I'm pretty sure um, all four candidates are minority candidates. But for offensive coordinator, the Patriots still need to interview two minority candidates in person, um, which those interviews could have started on Monday. It sounded from Gerard's interview with EEI that this stuff is progressing this week. You also have the senior bowl next week, where if Mayo, oftentimes a coach in Mayo's position doesn't go because he's worried about interviewing, but a lot of people are there um, depending on how teams look at it. Sometimes they send their coaching staffs, others just send their front offices. Um, Gerard could go to the senior bowl and knock out a bunch of interviews. If he wanted to, we'll have to see whether that happens. Um, you know, defensive coordinator as far as the group. Again, um, flowers to Mayo and the Patriots because I don't think this is Mayo alone. I think this is, I think the Crafts with their connections in the league, which Gerard even referenced at one point um, uh, around his press conference as far as uh, coaching candidates and things like that, that the Crafts have a bunch of contacts around the league. Robin Glazer, I'm sure, is involved with securing these, but, you know, Flowers to the Patriots and Gerard for, you know, these are all top candidates. These are all sort of, you know, young, energetic. Obviously, Covington, to me, is uh, the best candidate. Just if you if you believe in the Patriots defense and continuity and where they are, then and and it's no secret. We've talked about it countless times how impressive Demarcus Covington has been as a positional coach for the Patriots, I think, year after year, especially the last three or four years. His defensive line group to me has been the best unit on the team, uh, bar none. And so I think that uh, he would be a great candidate if you're looking for continuity and to keep things the same way. But those other guys are all, you know, top notch. They have top notch reputations, uh, young guys, good minds, um, all interesting candidates. Interestingly enough, Hodges was co-defensive coordinator with Covington in 2016 at Eastern Illinois. So there is that link. Also, we know that Covington, as you've mentioned, on the staff, continuity. Also, Covington was one of the only, if not the only, coaches that was spotted at the press conference. And I know a lot of the coaches were on vacation, so we don't want to go too far with that. But if you start to put the pieces together, the Hodges interview, uh, you know, the fact that he was there at the press conference, the fact that he's there and a trusted guy, would you say Covington out of those names would be by far – the one with the inside track for the gig? I would think so. Um, yeah, I would. And look, I think I think there's a good chance that Gerard is one of these coaches that tilts a little bit to his side of the ball defense, so I'm sure he's going to have more input there. Yep. I, I would guess that he would. he's certainly going to be a CEO head coach, big picture type of guy, which I fully endorse. And I think he'll be – good at that aspect of the job, but I'm hoping that, you know, he largely turns the offense over to somebody who's, you know, head coach offense. Uh, Gerard deals with the broad strokes, that type of thing, in-game strategy. But the combination of Mayo and Covington leading the defensive side of the ball, I'm extremely comfortable with that. 
Does this say anything about Steve Belichick or is it reading too much into it? I know Mike Reese wrote over the weekend that if Belichick came back, it, it would be in an assistant head coach senior advisor role, which I don't know if that means he would be calling defense or not. Is that again, more fun in games with, with the title stuff, but how do we feel about Steve Belichick right now? My understanding is that um, at least this is the scuttlebutt around the staff. The team is that the public declarations that Steve and Brian would be welcomed back was more, um, you know, just sort of public public facing, putting a good face on it that I think they're, you know, hoping everybody moves on. But yeah, what Reese reported, I mean, that's interesting. I don't even know how that works. So is basically Gerard like removing Steve Belichick from coaching the defense, certainly calling the defense, uh, you know, senior advisor role. He's not very senior. I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't get how that works, but it just, it seems like Gerard is moving on. If you had to ask me from talking to people around the team, it seems like Gerard and the crafts, I think are interested in a complete break from the Belichick regime, you know, outside of a few people here and there, like Demarcus Covington, who um, obviously deserve promotions. Special teams, Thomas McGehee uh, from the Giants, Marquise Williams from the Falcons, both those guys, special teams coordinator titles, Jeremy Springer, Rams assistant special teams coach. So again, another name from the Rams tree there with McVay. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know much about special teams. It can't get much worse than the Patriots were last year, but it's obviously <laughs> clear that uh, that Joe, since they're interviewing, that means that the coordinator position is open. They're interviewing for all these, so that means that all the coordinator positions are open. That means Bill O'Brien's out, which we now know. Um, they didn't have a defensive coordinator, so that's open, and special teams coordinator is now open. So whatever it is, they are – Moving on, and I think everybody is in agreement that uh, go find a new special teams coach because whatever they were doing here wasn't working. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use. I use it all the time. Love it. There are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. The best ways to find popular parlays. I love those parlays. That's the way to go. And more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas City under an agreement with Kansas City Star Casino, LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued at non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit cpg.org chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit KS Gambling Help. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.com. 
1-800-GAMBLER.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. How about the GM, Greg? Uh, not much said about the GM since the introductory press conference last week with Kraft and Mayo. Uh, any any concern about that? What are you hearing? Yeah, I hear crickets on the GM front. Um, to me, that's a little scary. Uh, you know, this is a crucial offseason for the Patriots. It's a chance to reset the franchise for at least the next five years, if not longer, with the third overall pick and cap space and a bunch of guys up for free agency. And um, again, this is another situation where at least, at least talk to people to see what their ideas are. What do they think about the Patriots roster? Where do they think they're deficient? What would you do with the third overall pick? What do you think of the three quarterbacks in this draft? Uh, Maybe other teams have really good sources with say LSU with Jaden Daniels, um, you know, better than than the Patriots do, or USC with Caleb Williams, or or what have you. Um, you know, it seems like. I mean, I'm just trying to think if there's time. Um, I mean, I guess there's time if they named a new GM in, in February. I guess there's time for that, but it just let's just give them the benefit of the doubt and say that they're. They're more focused on the coaching staff right now. They may or may not get to the general manager search, which means Elliot Wolf and or Macro are in charge. And internally, obviously, they think a lot of these guys and think they can do the job. We shall see. It's like they're on a battlefield is the analogy I would use right now. And, you know, certain certain lacerations, certain bullet holes, stuff like that, like there are some spots that you're bleeding out. There are some spots that you can kind of just patch up. And so to me, it's like offensive coordinator is bleeding out. You don't have anybody in house McDaniels. You know, if, if Belichick gets a job, which we'll talk about in a minute, McDaniels could end up with Belichick. O'Brien is gone. You have to rebuild this offense from a personnel standpoint and a coaching staff standpoint. So like, that's, that's where it's hemorrhaging right now. You you've got to, you've got to look at that and take care of that first. It's it's difficult. I, look, you could talk to everybody. You could talk to GMs and all. But I do think the concerted effort is on the offensive side this week. Defense, I think, will get wrapped up relatively quickly. And also, I would just say two things. Elliot Wolf is there. So, of course, you know, if they trust Elliot Wolf, Greg has spoken highly of him. I've seen other guys, Andrew Callahan and Mike Reese and Albert Breer. I mean, pretty much everybody to a man says Elliot Wolf can do the job. So uh, if if Wolf is running the ship, then fine. I would also remind people that during that introductory press conference, and I'm sure Greg and others will keep Kraft's feet to the fire on this. You know, he did come out and he said, look, we're going to name a guy who's going to be the lead or, or a woman that's going to be in the lead position in the front office. We're going to anoint somebody is how he said it or appoint somebody. And uh, he said that that will happen before key decisions have to be made. So let's hold him to that. The clock's ticking. He's got a couple of weeks here before you start talking combine and all these other things. But especially free agency in March, we should be anticipating and expecting the lead of this front office to be named before March and have a clear idea as to who's making the decisions, because that's what Robert Kraft said will happen. So let's keep him to that.
All right, let's jump to Belichick. The Falcons are interviewing everybody and anybody. If you've got a resume, you can send it to Arthur Blank. He's willing to take a look at it. Uh, my phone. Greg I'm might, waiting for my phone to ring. I was going to say, uh, Greg might have an interview by Friday down at Atlanta. Meanwhile, <laughs> Belichick's just sitting there watching all of his memes on Twitter and whatever the hell else he does with his, which is fascinating to me. What does Belichick, who just lives and dies by football, what's he doing with all of this empty time right now? But What's happening in Atlanta? They're talking to everybody while Belichick kind of just flails in the wind here. Yeah, I, you know, a couple things could be a play, uh, Nick. One could be that um, that the Falcons want to make it look good that it's not um, it's not in the bag for Belichick that their Rooney Rule interviews are not a sham and things like that. And by casting an extremely wide net, and I'm just looking at a list, um, three six. 9, 12, I think they've interviewed 15 people, including <laughs> Belichick and Harbaugh have gotten second interviews. I think we heard that there's a couple more. Yeah. Um, you know, and the other thing, Nick, could be that, look, I, I, if I'm a Falcons fan, I feel really good about, like, at least they're scouring the earth. They're doing exactly the anti-Patriots. They are scouring the earth. They're talking to everybody Seriously, anybody who could be a head coaching candidate. I mean, they even interviewed um, Brian Johnson, the Eagles OC, who just got fired, I think. And um, he is, so they are talking to everybody. I give them credit for that, that they are, you know, not putting their blinders on or looking at everything. And look, could could Belichick get into an issue could he lose out on this where the Falcons look at it and say like, all right, why are we going to go with a 72 year old guy when we could get a 35 year old offensive guy, say Bobby Slowick or somebody like that, or even like Belichick's now against Mike Vrabel. I mean, is we've talked about it. I'd rather have Vrabel over Belichick and, and, you know, you have longevity, you know, he could, he has the potential to be there 10, 20 years where Belichick's only, two to five years. So I think Belichick could be in a little bit of trouble on this. I don't know anything. I still think he's going to get the job. I think that Arthur blank is, is desperate. And I think bill is the guy to come in and sort of fix that in the short term, but we'll have to see. It's amazing because right off the bat, immediately you have questions because of how this is being handled. And Belichick's going to go from one kind of drama situation to maybe another drama situation. It truly is incredible. You know, you've got the McKay factor down there. Uh, Fontenot, who's the GM, he's going to get slid to the back. So you have a power dynamic that they're trying to figure out. So Belichick, with all the drama and issues with the power dynamic here in New England, could waltz right into another spot where they're talking about power dynamic down in Atlanta. You wonder if Arthur Blank knows that it's it's Atlanta or bust. Like, to our knowledge, nobody else has talked to Belichick. Now, there's been reports that Belichick has shot down a couple of opportunities. Teams reached out to him. He said, thanks, but no thanks. We've also heard from Mike Florio, who swung and missed massively on the Washington thing so far. Uh, but, you know, we've heard from Florio that Belichick has other teams kind of looking at him. But you you wonder, you know, Blank could be looking at this and saying, he's got no leverage. It's us or nobody. He has to coach this year. He knows it. So this could be an epic stare down between Arthur Blank and Belichick for, you know, power within the organization. And if Belichick's only looking at Atlanta, he knows that. 
So look, may, maybe they had these conversations and Arthur Blank said, we're going to just talk to a lot of different people, Bill. We'll get back to you. And Bill was like, all right, I got nothing else to do. The other part of this is the quarterback position. I mean, if you're Atlanta, the number one hole on this football team is quarterback. And after you just saw how Mac Jones was handled, do you think Bill Belichick is the right guy to spring this franchise into the future with a young, impressionable quarterback? Or even if it's a Kirk Cousins, you know, spend that kind of money. And if Bill ends up not liking his quarterback by month two, you just paid the guy $45 million coming off of a blown Achilles at 36 years old. So there's a lot going on here. Let's talk about Bill O'Brien. He gone. He went to uh, the Ohio State. His choice, the team's choice, or a mutual decision, Greg? From what I understand, I think it was a mutual decision. Now, I, I think that the Patriots, um, certainly there were reports uh, from like Tom Curran like a month ago um, that it was going to be, that Bill Belichick was going to be out, Gerard Mayo was going to be the head coach, and Bill O'Brien was going to be the offensive coordinator. Right. Two out of the three things happened. Um, I don't know if this is a byproduct of the drama behind the scenes with the coaching staff. It very well might have been that at, at some point those two might have been working together. Um, I'll just say this. I think that Bill O'Brien at the at the end of the season had really no interest in returning to the Patriots um, with all that went down um, with the stuff that we documented during the season, uh, the assistant coaching staff, the personnel. Um, and then you, you put on top of that Gerard Mayo has successor language in his contract. Did Bill yep. O'Brien know that? How would you have felt if you, if you came back here and thought, well, you know, if I come back here and I work hard, I do a good job. Maybe I have a chance to succeed Bill. And then all of a sudden it turns out that, Gerard Mayo already has it in his contract and sort of the way Gerard Mayo conducted himself um, during the season. Um, did that make a favorable impression on some guys who maybe thought they would be back next year? I think it's all part of it. I think, I think that the, the Patriots were open to it. He was under contract for two more years. From what I understand, there was a bit of a face-off on this that, that um, O'Brien wanted the Patriots to uphold his contract, that he wasn't just going to quit and what have you, that the Patriots or, you know, maybe it's Mayo, because obviously the Crafts thought a lot of Bill O'Brien to bring him back and to give him that contract, which uh, a lot of people think was not cheap. Um, you know, did they, did they want to honor the contract, all that stuff. So, in, in, from what I understand, Bill O'Brien did not want to be back here. And it was just a question of what was best for him, what was best for his future and for his family. And he decided that Ohio State was the best place. I think it looks like he he may now go the college route, that maybe he's a little bit sick of the NFL route. Yeah. All right. Before we get into a free agency, check these guys out over at BSJ. 50 bucks for the year. Bedard and Giardi tag teaming on the Patriots. And you got Corrales. You've got somebody by the name of Nick Cattles throwing a column in there every week. So check it out at BSJ. Also, uh, I want to remind you this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. New customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. All right, two free agency notes. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, Greg, reported over the weekend that the, the Patriots pretty much know that Michael Wenu is out the door. 
Is that what you're hearing? And what was your reaction to that report when you saw it? I don't even think they've gotten to that point yet. I mean, look, do they think that he's that he's going to get to market and he's going to be highly paid? Yes. Um, but I I wouldn't rule him out returning. I, this, this is a different regime. This is not Bill Belichick. You you could almost certainly say that if Bill Belichick would, was here, you'd be like, there's no chance they're res- resigning a winning. They'll have to pay yeah. top of the market. Bill's not going to do that. Um, so, uh, but I don't even think they're there yet. I mean, they they have to get alignment on the coaching staff and the front office and all that stuff. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule it out. Do I think it's it's long odds that he'll be back? Yes, but we have to figure out what this this new regime what they're going to prioritize. Um, are they going to be comfortable replacing both tackles next year? That's that's a tall order. And you know when it comes to which we're going to talk about Gerard Mayo talking about we're going to burn some cash. Well, who are you going to spend it on? Yeah. I, it's it's nice to say that oh yeah we're they're going to be active in free agency but you know we talk about the the franchise tag and what's out there like it's there's really not a whole lot out there especially if if guys uh you know like T Higgins and Michael Pittman who's not even that good if they're franchise tagged by their teams what's left and if you're going to burn cash then you might as well burn it on the guys that you know and if you get a Wenu that's either going to lock down right tackle or right guard then that that frees you up. So, you know, why not use spend the money on Michael Wenu, who could be building block in the offensive line? And now all, all you really need is left tackle and and to figure that out. So I don't I don't think it's over yet. It's it's early for that. They haven't even named a GM. We don't know who's making these decisions, uh, but it would seem early to me. That offensive line, lots of questions, man. Obviously, Trent Brown, a free agent. I would not trust him as far as I could throw him, and obviously I can't throw him even an inch. Uh, Cole Strange has the injury situation. He was injured a lot this past season. David Andrews has one year left on his contract, said he feels like he still has a lot left in the tank. Is that a a contract leverage thing? What's going on with that? City So, I would think, is right now your starting right guard. Uh, Can he develop? And then you've got Owenu at right tackle. So, I mean, there's just there's so many different questions about this offensive line. Adrian Clem, is he coming back? Are you hiring a new offensive line coach? Bill Belichick left this organization in disarray with his mismanagement of this roster. Uh, Gerard Mayo, you just mentioned it, Greg. He was on the Greg Hill show yesterday, said that the team is going to burn some cash. They're going to a thousand percent add some talent. Uh, just your thoughts on on Mayo's comment there, and, and what free agency could look like for this team. Well, I mean, I you know I love the comment, I love the the honesty, and you know he went on there, and they were even asking about coordinator interviews and stuff like that, and he was confirming like, hallelujah, love it, new day, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm up for it. Um, and look, you know, Mike Giardi wrote this a month ago, considering how the Patriots have spent. They have no they have no other option but to spend money. And it's not just yep. to improve the team like you have to get yep. to the salary floor. And they have yep. they spent like drunken sailors in 2021, 2022 and 2023. They didn't spend like every three years. Like you have to be, I think, like 90 percent of the salary cap and the Patriots aren't close to that. So they have to spend. They have no other choice. It's just how are they going to do it? Uh 
Mayo seems to talk about outside talent. Okay, there 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 comes some uh, definite trepidation with dealing with people. Look at what the Patriots did in 2021 and the people that they signed, who worked out, who didn't work out. Uh, to me, I'd be more interested in re-signing the players that they have, um, maybe selectively letting a few people go. I would start, I would start working the comp, uh, compensatory pick sort of formula where you say, all right, well, what are we going to sign? What's our plan? Should we let this guy go so then we can get a third round comp pick in, in, in a year from now to sort of replenish this roster and build build upon the youth movement that it seems like we have going a little bit. So there are a lot of big decisions that the Patriots have to make, but, you know, love the honesty, love Gerard t- talking like that. I said this on my podcast today. I do a solo podcast Monday through Friday. If anybody wants to check it out, Nick Cattle Show Pod. Uh, numbers are growing thanks to Greg's help with uh, BSJ and some other things. So that's good. But I, I mentioned uh, the thing about Mayo, p- people are criticizing how he's handling the media at certain points. I think he's done a really good job. I, I thought the, the first introductory press conference, the number one priority for Gerard was to tell everybody, I am not Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. You're replacing a guy who's been here for a quarter of a century. A lot of the criticism when Mayo was hired was, A, he's a defensive guy, and then B, oh, he's just another Belichick. We heard it all, right? The media has been yapping about it. Not all of us, but some. Oh, well, you know, this is just going to be a, another Belichickian guy. He's another Patriots guy. So he had to separate himself from Bill, and I thought he effectively did that. And then I thought with the Greg Hill interview, this is how you intelligently put the pressure on ownership. Coming out and publicly saying, oh, we've got money to burn, that immediately puts the crafts in the crosshairs. And look, the crafts might not love that, but Mayo wants talent. He knows his team needs talent. And now he's put that out there. So if if the crafts don't go out there and spend and bring in outside talent, then it, it's on them. And so I thought this was a very smart way without causing any big friction or being, you know, a dink about it. It's a very smart way to just put that out there. Oh, we got money and we're going to, we're going to burn some of that cash. I E Robert, let's go. And so I, I just thought it was a smart way to do it. All right, yeah, I, don't, I don't disagree. I also think that, I also think that um, the crafts have no choice. So, you know, we talked about the salary cap floor, but also um, just look, they fired Bill Belichick. They hired Gerard Mayo. They need this to look good. They need to improve the team greatly and and say that and, and also the whole uh, uh, criticism of the crafts and the spending, how they're, you know, even Mike Reese pointed out this weekend that they're the lowest in the last decade in terms of cash spending around the league. And, and the crafts, if you talk to them or people around them, they always pointed the finger at Bill and said it was him like we he could do whatever he wanted to. He, that's what he chose. And there's a lot of evidence to say it was Belichick including his beliefs going back to the Cleveland days in terms of how much to pay players in relation to how much he makes. So the first year out from Bill Belichick, they got to open up that wallet and start making it rain. That might just be part of my podcast as well. And I might also on X slash Twitter have a a clip, a tease involving that very idea, that very idea, that craft. They got to be all in. If you go out there at the introductory press conference and point the finger at Bill, Bill's no longer here. Times are changing. You got to prove it. He's Greg. I'm Nick. We'll talk to you later.